Thank you for listening to Ardak Sarang. Before I dive into this episode about the Chinese drama crush, I am going to very tentatively offer my two cents on the whole Biu situation with Be On Cloud. So without knowing, in these cases, it's always he said, she said, and then the truth. But what I will say, and hopefully I can say this with a relative amount of, let's just say, safety, because I don't know all of the details. Who could know? And even the people involved are going to get stuff wrong or misremember, as people like to call it. But all I have to say about that is the male that's involved, and you all know who it is. And the female involved, and we all know who it is. And the production company, I'm going to put B on cloud out there, baby, because you guys are, yeah. Um, well, I'll say for the female that's involved, that was, let's just say, the epicenter of the drama, who perhaps may have kicked these things off or played a very integral part in keeping the drama hot, Baby, you cannot buy people. And from the limited reporting I have seen on it, it would appear that she bought this guy, you know, and some people, when they enter into relationships, they do that and they do it perhaps with zero ill intention, but the effect is the same. Or the intended effect is the same, that they want to buy your loyalty. And you cannot do that because people are never going to give you their deepest, darkest. And beyond you being a really good gift giver. So, you know, it's par- apparently she gave him some things that, you know, allowed him to level up in the best ways. That person is not uh, beholden to you just because you purchase things when the grass starts to look greener or when the relationship takes a turn for whatever reasons. You cannot rest on the laurels of you helped him level up. So he wrong because now his attention is averted in a different direction. So that's what I will say for that female who is the epicenter of the drama for the male who is the epicenter of the drama I will say that you was a little dramatic I ain't gonna even lie you was a little dramatic I'm not against you because your acting is all that I am concerned with and this is gonna feel impartial which it might be because I don't know that little girl like that but um his assessment is going to bleed over into be on cloud and i will say that and again all of these comments are tentative but i invest so much of my life force into these dramas that when stuff gets above the radar and it's tipping the richter scale over i think that we all reserve the right to weigh in I think that, you know, beyond cloud, they issued their little formal memo talking about 
boop bam and bop is no longer with us and we done parted separate ways and when the truth come out i know i said truth with an f yeah i said that on purpose when that comes out um you know we'll you know do what we gotta we'll act like didn't nothing happen and all i have to say is for the male uh that's involved in this move on yes i ride it ride it i was here for Ken Porsche and everything that they were trying to do. And I was really happy that I did because they turned out a fantastic production for all of its flaw. It awed me for the most part. But the way they dropped you like a hot pancake, baby, and acted like your personal life gets to affect your professional life. Now, I do realize that situation entailed one where, you know, it was a writer and, you know, that really blurs the line. However, is Be On Cloud the writer or is Be On Cloud the production company who worked with a writer in order to get a story told? And if you signed on with Be On Cloud, you know, they should not have dropped you like a hot pancake because it looks like our male person is going to be able to go to court and he may just, in fact, be able to. Uh, be victorious about the allegations that have been thrown all across the interwebs and I said that if he is successful then baby move on don't go back there it'll be like taking many steps back and unfortunately you can't unsee unhear and life has very few redos so i would just say move on be on cloud for the rest of the people that are still there i would be seriously weighing my options whenever contractual obligations come to an end simply because be on cloud has shown that they are too busy being all up in other people's draws and pennies than to worry about being professional and allowing their workers or their actors to continue to work. Nobody on earth should be guilty of thought crime because it doesn't exist anywhere but people's imaginations. And on that note, let's dive into the imagination of the Chinese drama crush I enjoyed crush now that might not sound like a monumental statement but it is why because I can count literally on one hand how many Chinese dramas I've ever been able to watch all the way through to the conclusion. I don't know what it is, or yes, I do know what it is. But in an effort to not make this episode 3,000 hours long, I'll move on. I really liked Crush. Everything in that drama, for the most part, worked for me, especially the two leads. It's extremely rare especially in a C drama where the female is as watchable as this female was and her name in the drama was Sanguyan. 
And I said that like she's Korean, baby. She was Wuyan in Chinese. Okay. And then our male lead, who was beyond watchable, was Sunyan Chin, or um, what was his other name? Yeah, because he had another name, or Eiji. So the reason why he has two names is because he works as a recording artist or a musician, a composer who writes songs, sings songs, but he does it under a false name because he wants to stay out of the limelight. And the reason he wants to stay out of the limelight is because he has a disability. He is blind, yet his anonymity, in addition to his talent, makes him very famous because you can only imagine that everybody wants to know who this mysterious guy is whose song is like on the top of the freaking charts we need to know who he is and people speculate and there are rumors and then you know people pretended to be him females pretend to be him and then his let's just say his handler which is for all intent and purposes is like his step auntie i know y'all just let's go with go with me she has to go and she has to constantly refute these claims and it's all to her frustration because he is a recluse in the truest form of the word because his blindness plus his childhood trauma are so interconnected that it absolutely uh, incapacitated him for the remainder of his life. Ichun, when he was a young child, like under seven, maybe six, his parents gave him up, baby, to an orphanage because they was like, we broke, so we can still eat, but somehow we can't save none for you, so we got to send you to the damn orphanage to raise you temporarily till we get another job you know those <laughs> those plots make zero sense to me but okay so they send him to the orphanage and his mom would come and visit him and promise i'll be back to get you and she's just so loving and so you know uh concerned about him that she leaves his ass there every time but nevertheless she's saying goodbye and she is walking backward and he's saying goodbye. She has given him a bag of candy, which I'm sure was probably the price of, I don't know, a, a meal. You know, you could have just did that every day. If you were just going to bring him candy, you could have took that and bought some bread and some meat or, you know. But anyway, she's walking away from him backwards and um, is ran over by a damn vehicle because she's not watching where she's going. And for his little five or six year old brain that traumatizes him because he feels like he is directly responsible for her dying, which in a sick way he is, but not really. She shouldn't have been walking all back toward the street. So you can imagine, and this is a drama, we in drama land. So we know any trauma that you go through is going to be forever. And so that's what he deals with. Uyan is a simple soul who is on the heels of dealing with heartbreak from her childhood male friend. She actually had two friends in childhood who they were like a trio, except she assumed that the fact that the male portion of that friendship, you know, did 
everything with her, was in good with her folks and, you know, just gave her all of the signals that she probably projected onto him. She thought that he liked her. So when she discovered that he was kissing the female side of their little trio, it really took her aback and she was really hurt. But Uyan wasn't really devastated for too long. She is a really kind girl and she really was able to deal with her disappointments and still do it with class, I will say. She never got vindictive and she never really got, you know, verbally uh, insensitive toward them or anything like that. It was one of them things where, you know, she's upset with them, but it's like, now, you know, I'm really upset that you guys are hiding this from me, but, you know, why don't you just tell me that that's what you guys were doing and um, I'm going to be around you, but I'm going to be mad at you for a few days. So you might as well get ready to see me mad, but I'm not going to go and, you know, flatten your tires. She wasn't that type of angry and it all lent to her disposition. She just was a very simple minded person, but she had a, a, a depth to her that made her simple mindedness not come off quite as um, ridiculous as some female leads can definitely get. She was simple, but she wasn't really childish, which I found refreshing, especially in the way that she dealt with her parents, namely her mother. So you've probably already seen this drama because it's, you know, a 2021 production, nevertheless. What I liked about this drama is that it was very, um, it's very rare that I see a Chinese drama that has all of the ingredients that I require for a drama to not only entertain me, but to enable me to finish the drama. I can finish very few Chinese dramas because there are just major elements that, um, don't mix well with me. And, um, the only way I would be able to do it is by pure will and my will isn't strong enough to suffer through uh, a drama that's just high-handed in its sin so Evan Lin who is the actor who plays uh Ichun and Nyan Chin um I liked his character a lot he was very magnetizing he was obviously easy on the eyes. I enjoyed that disposition that he had. It was a stoic disposition. A lot of people refuse confuse stoicism for lack of emotion, but he didn't have a lack of emotion. He just had that emino um toughness about his personality that even when he was being nice, it was always going to have that no nonsense edge and I love that in a male lead I love that stoic attribute to a male lead because it's just extremely satisfying to see that guy fall in love deal with conflict deal with a separation and then um 
beg for that woman back. We all like cat and mouse and we all love the part in the drama where one of the parties is begging, preferably the guy, to get back with the girl. But when you have that stoic personality, their begging is never a snivel. It's always very attractive. Like they are able to make the pathetic aspects of human behavior look good. And it's very difficult to do. So when you have the Emino types, and in this case, Evan Lynn types that play that, you know, that personality that looks hard to penetrate, when they, when you can see inside of the mind of those characters, it is something special. And I just, I'm really glad that I gave this drama another chance. I had attempted to watch watch it, like, maybe a year ago and could not get past the first episode, you know, and I don't know why it was just so watchable this time, but it was. So now this was very convenient, (laughs) but I still enjoyed it. And all the reason I enjoyed it is because I do have, um, let's just say acquaintanceship with this issue. So, uh, Nyan Chin was not blind in the sense of the way that we all understand it um I allowed for this convenience only because I know someone who is not blind the way you would think now ignorance is going to make you think oh blindness is just I see into a black abyss all day and I you know it's just black and that just is not what blindness is for every blind person some blind folks have bad field vision where their field vision is disturbed and field vision is simply what you see in front of you you know going in a parallel line whatever your vision can take in you you suffer there and if you can't see that and you can't make those objects out you are going to be categorized as being blind because your quality of life is going to be affected because you, if you can't see right in front of you, you know, that that's going to change many things about the way you operate in this life. Now, even if you have a, a field vision impairment, that does not, that's not the only aspect of your vision. You also have a periphery. And so some people with a peripheral injury or peripheral impairment still have peripheral vision. So they'll be able to see things that way. And depending on the percentage of that vision, you know, it, that's why it, the the field of blindness is so expansive. I mean, some people have night blindness where they, you know, they don't drive because they can't see. Even with glasses, they just don't do it. So I allowed them to make it super convenient that halfway through the drama, we find out. That Nianchin can see. Boy, you can see. You just can't see beyond three feet in front of you. I thought that that was a really interesting aspect and I liked that. But even in that three foot field of of a vision range, it wasn't like it was 2020 in that three foot range. It was still extremely blurry, but you could see. So he knew that Yan's lips were pink. He knew that you know, her hair was, you know, shoulder length. He knew those things. And I thought that the fact that he only revealed it to her after they had 
pretty much gotten together. I thought that was very cute because it made her go back, you know, into all those times she embarrassed herself by getting all up on them and, you know, gawking at them and doing little stuff. You know, if you don't think somebody can see you when they say stuff, you're going to be looking at them like, what else? You know, all the times she did those things, you know, he saw her, you know, whenever she was really close to him reaching up to a tree to pick a leaf off that you know he kept forever literally kept for the rest of his life you know things like that when she you know he burned himself and she put some aloe vera on his cut like he watched her do that you know it wasn't with perfect vision but he could see her doing it and when he finally revealed it to her she was immediately self-conscious and immediately just put off balance. Another reason why I enjoyed Crush so much is because I love, I enjoyed that dynamic of that male lead because we know that, you know, the guys are are innately stronger than women physically, girls. And because of that, when they have a disability, it's a it's a very interesting oxymoronic conundrum. Right. Because you have a very strong person who is weakened, absolutely cut off at the knees because he depends on other people. Now, just because he has that three foot field of range doesn't mean he doesn't bump into shit and, you know, need to have stuff put back in its exact place, literally by the step so that he can get around his house appropriately or safely. So her being serving as his caretaker and she did it in just such an adorable way like she really took good care of him she put him first she made sure that she was there for him you know when they went to kfc she put his straw in his cup and brought his hand to the cup and you know she put an umbrella over his head when it was raining she didn't just let him stand there and get soaked you know she took care of him but it was never really in a you know home health nurse way it was in a I love you so much that I want to do this for you and like nobody can make me not do this for you so I just thought it was really good and um their relationship was extremely strong but you know they have to have conflict another person who surprised me in the whole, I, I ain't gonna lie, I, I, I think I can uh, safely say that a part of me can like her, and that's the mother. I struggle with the that uh, parent-child relationship in a lot of Asian dramas, but I really struggle in the Chinese dramas because the parents are just, they can't get right. They cannot get right. They can't get right. And I'm gonna leave it there just so that I'm just, I don't make this episode um, five hours long. But I like how the writers and the producers handled this mother because this mother, yes, had that typical brisk, just rigidity about her style of parenting toward her adult college child. You know, she said some things that were pretty hurtful, etc. but they wrote her in such a way that I could see that. She was just a woman who at all costs wanted to um, prevent her child 
from being hurt in this life and wanted her child to set herself up where she didn't have to depend on anybody. And that she did it in such a way with honor and grace and she could basically just take care of herself. She was obviously there their only child and I say obviously because it's very seldom you're gonna get a whole lot of siblings you know in a, a Chinese household nevertheless when I started to feel like damn I'm about to start hating this mom you know I would see something in her mannerism or something she would say that would say wait a minute no She's, you know, but she kicking that cold game. She was able to kick that cold game. And I didn't like hearing her say it at times. But at the end of the day, you know, she was older than Uyan, obviously. But I had to remember that, you know, maturity will um, at times disallow you from delivering wisdom in a way that's palatable to the listener especially when that listener is younger because they don't understand that you've got experience fueling the advice you're giving them and and it's like you get a certain age and you know when you're trying to help a young person uh you can see it's like watching a train wreck in slow motion you know and you know what's going you know what is going to happen but you hope for the best but you can see it with the decisions and the actions that they take because you probably made a lot of those mistakes and I just feel like that was a part of her mother that the writers were really good at doing they 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 didn't really make her loathsome and I'm surprised by that because they really it was a really fine line that they had to tread and they did it well the father, Uyan's father, he is, he just lives rent free in my heart, baby. He, I loved that father. I was a little indifferent toward him during the drama when he was on his feet, as it were. But he had a brain aneurysm, and as a result, Obviously, he had to go to the hospital and have emergency surgery, and then he had to try to recover from his surgery. And Uyan and her mother had had not really a falling out, but Uyan had decided that she was going to take her life into her own hands. Her mom wasn't going to be able to stop her from loving a man who's, you know, blind and, you know, to hell with the warnings that mom is trying to give me. I'm not just going to leave him high and dry like that. And if you don't like it, oh, well, because this is my life. And because she just was really a good girlfriend and took really good care of uh, Yan Chin, she wasn't there when her dad fell ill and her mom was trying to, you know, well, let me take that back. Her mom did end up getting in contact with her so that she could go to the hospital and see about her dad. So that's true. She did go and she did do that. And he broke my heart when he talked to her and told her, man, now he had had a brain aneurysm and that is going to affect speech, you know? So he spoke in this extremely belabored, um, you know, low speech way. He could, he was speaking and you could understand him, but it was obvious that he was going to need some speech therapy in order to regain the strength in his speech. 
But he told her, you know, basically, I've always loved you and I've always known that you could do this. And don't you feel bad for one second? You know, I love you. Um, I'm so proud of you. You have just exceeded every expectation and goal. And I am so honored and proud to be your dad. I mean, he really broke me. And he made me cry. And a couple times in this drama, I laughed. And I don't know about you, but when I watch a drama, if they make me laugh or cry, and if they do both, that's the triple trifecta, you know. And <laughs> if you make me laugh or cry, I'm finishing your drama because you have touched me. And they touched me. And Uyan, when she, before she left the hospital, you know, she looked back at her dad and it was for an extended period of time. And, you know, she had to go back to school and tie up a couple of loose ends, but she was going to come back to him because her school was in a whole nother province and she had to do some extensive travel. Yan Chen, as he is prone to do, he has that even though tough exterior, but he's like a freaking puppy on the inside. And, you know, Uyan, she was a real gem and she would take a lot of shit that he would throw her way, but it wasn't unpalatable. It was, it was okay. You could understand why he was acting the way he was acting and it really wasn't really egregious. Nevertheless, on one of their little tiffs that they were want to have at this point in the later stages of the drama, dad died and mom did everything she could to call her. And unfortunately, she missed her because, you know, Yan was, you know, having her to motion with Yan Chin. And by the time she did find out, you know, her and Yan Chin were having such issues that. And by this part, the writers did a really good job also of convincing me of why she was so upset with him. I wasn't upset with him as a viewer, but I understood why Wu Yan would have said that, you know what, forget all of this because of coming, running behind your ass. I missed my dad's death. You know, it's like, how the hell can you miss somebody's death? But you know what I'm saying? And I understood her taking off and separating herself from him and never wanting to see him again, which is what she told him before she left. And went back home. So that broke me, guys. And, you know, it's a drama. And um, many years pass. Like, you know, three years pass. And she goes home and she decides that she's going to take care of her mom. And I love this about, you know, Yan Chin. He, for those three years, leveled up. Um, He always had the possibility of getting a corneal transplant but I think part of him was self uh, punishing himself by not exploring that corneal transplant thing because he came from a wealthy family his story was like his dad ended up coming into some money at some point in his life and brought Nian Chin back in the home as a really young child and he grew up rich basically so once he got to the point where you know I guess he could start making moves on his own. He never went back and got that corneal transplant because I, he blames himself for his mother's death. And he also, in the drama, 
made it a point that he wanted to use his blindness as a punishment tool for his dad to constantly remind him of the son that he abandoned and the wife that he caused to be in a position to die because y'all done dropped me off at the damn orphanage. So I thought this drama, you know, did a really good job. So let me get back to the conclude their story. So Yanqing, he for them three years levels up and becomes the CEO of a company and he begins to, I don't want to say scheme, but he's super intelligent. He can see now he's taught himself how to write. You know, he did all those things that a person in his position would have to bone up on it. He's got the personal assistant. He's got all the money. He's got all the means. By now, you know, Yan and her those childhood friends they still are in each other's circle and they work real jobs now office jobs and because of that uh Yanqin is able to you know position himself where he can get in her mix you know where she can accidentally run into him one day when the reality is he's been planning for this all along because he still loves her and wants her back and he she doesn't realize that he has had his corneal transplant and he can see now, you know. So when she discovers that, it takes her a while to get, you know, that underway. Um, and as you can imagine, they end up mending fences and they end up getting married. And it's so cute. They have a baby. I normally do not like children in my dramas. But let me just say they did a good job with this. Their daughter at the end was adorable. Oh, my gosh. And she did not have uh, because it's extremely uh, possible that he could have had a child who had that genetic defect. And she didn't. She can see. And it was nice, you know, and they're walking in the park and dad's got his cute glasses on you know all that stuff but what i will say is i thought and you may think that um now yanchin he would at the beginning of the drama he would uh teach at a, a school either a school for the blind or his class had blind children in it you know some of them were blind i can't really decipher which one because everybody in that class didn't look blind but there was one little girl that he and wuyan emotionally fostered and they kept her in the in they kept her in their lives they kept up with her and you know double and triple check that the family they went to was a good match for her because if not they weren't going to let her go and yanchin even when he became an adult not became an adult but you know um all through the drama he kept a connection to her and even wuyan kept a connection to her and what i thought was going to happen which i thought would have been just the most adorable i would have died i literally would not have been able to do this episode i thought that because from the opening credits you can tell they get married so it's like not a shocker but i thought that they were going to allow these two to literally adopt that little girl because as far as i'm concerned that was their daughter baby in my mind they baby has an older sister and it's that girl so anyway it's okay that they didn't do that because they really gave a satisfying ending to this. These two, I highly recommend this drama. It has everything you want. It has the, the 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 male lead that looks like he's unbothered, but he's gorgeous. But he's very introspective and he can play the piano. And he's very sexy. When he finally does turn it on, he turns it 
up you know it's just it's got everything working for you the female lead is very watchable she is simple-minded but she's not a coward when her mother you know kind of sticks it to her she gives it right back to the mom she's not a pushover and another aspect that i thought was yeah sometimes i watch a drama and it can make me afraid not like a scary movie because scary movies can't do it because they're intentionally scary and so you know not to be afraid of them but sometimes a drama can scare me in a way that i'm like oh my god i was not ready for that so apparently wuyan Wuyan was a college student majoring in psychology. She was doing it for her parents. She didn't really want to do that. She wanted to be a radio DJ, which she also did as like a side hustle. But her main focus was going to college to be a psychologist because she wanted to make her parents proud. And she figured, you know what? Y'all sacrificed your whole life for me so I can get y'all a few years, get this little degree and do my thing. So apparently Wuyan, to deal with the types of traumas that she's had to deal with in life to get over whatever she made up this imaginary friend who she would talk to and I thought it was very because I was like I wonder why I like this drama so much and I started to think and I was like you know it's probably because I get so much of the main leads drama writers producers if you give us 99 percent just the female and the male lead we're going to love your drama so much more. We don't need all them side people. And they didn't give me a whole lot of that. Now, there were side situations, but it was a couple working through their things, which I didn't have a problem watching them because the guy was cute. He was really cute. But anyway, so apparently she would go over to, you know, Yan Chin's house, you know, and do her little caretaker thing. And then she would come back and she would have a talk with her friend. And she would keep doing this, keep doing this, keep doing this. And I thought, damn, this is a simplistic drama. And I could have a problem with this if I wasn't enjoying it so much. But apparently, at all the way at the end, the childhood friend that she was in love with ended up telling Yan Chin that, well, Yan has an imaginary friend that, you know, basically she had a friend die in childhood. And that was the trauma that triggered this imaginary thing. And in order to cope with it whenever she'd have a problem she would imagine that that person is there but it would be there in real life and this was part of her psychotherapy or psychopathy whatever and you know neon chin you know he would get afraid because he'd be like where were you at and she was like i was at mei ling's house and it's like okay mei ling isn't a real person you know and he was very gentle and he really helped her through it at one point, Wu Yan, she worked at a school where she, not a school, but like a center where she um, worked with an autistic boy and she was really patient and really helped him and just really was there by his side. I think this drama really tr treated disabilities in a way that is rare in dramas. I mean, they did it so gracefully and it was just so fluid. I never felt like they were cramming a message down my throat. I just felt like, you know what? Yes, people are in life who are autistic and who are blind and who have psychotherapy issues, you know, psychology issues. But you know what? They're part of life. And they never stood on a soapbox and waved a flag. They never did that. But there were issues with people in this drama. And I just love the way they handled that. It was so watchable. And so I, I'm, I'm here for it. Crush, watch this drama. And in case you don't already know, Evan Lynn 
um, sang the original soundtrack, at least on this song, and it's titled Crush. And I would recommend that you go listen to it because he sounds absolutely splendid on this song. And you are going to love this drama. 